0: This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where are you, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm Major Richardson, and I'm with here with my buddy, my co-host, my pal, Jared Davis. It has been a week where we have beat the Bulldogs. I wish it was the Georgia Bulldogs, but we got a couple weeks for that. We did beat the Sanford Bulldogs and are now three and oh, we beat the Sanford Bulldogs 45 to 13 in our homecoming. Jared, it was fun. I got to walk around campus, see all the homecoming festivities. If you didn't get a chance to go to the ETC social media and uh, Kyle kind of gives you a look at what went on all the different floats and this uh, different things that just go on, you know, that are special around homecoming. Um, So, Go check that out, Jared. How you doing? And uh, how's it feel to be three and zero?
1: I'm doing good, my friend. Um, I, I actually was not aware it was homecoming until about two days before. Uh, I was not at the game, was not down in, and all that. So um, it it's pretty early for homecoming, but that's why it kind of caught me off guard. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, three and zero feels good. I, you know, I think there were some people that probably predicted us not to be three and zero. And my guess is those people probably thought the cow game is the one we would drop.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and we didn't. So it was you know it was a close game, but we won. So three and is good. Um, I I don't want to use the word asterisk. I mean you know it, but we still don't know what type of team we have because mm-hmm. you know it was UMass and Sanford. You know the cow game was a good test. I would say that does prove resiliency, pretty but. Sure. How good are we? I don't know, but it feels good to be three zero, man.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the part that I I keep coming back to because even in the moment, I was like, yeah, we just won, but there's a little bit, you know, something left to, to be grasped and like what what I feel like we just didn't have the best of games. Again, we're having still some struggles with turning the ball over and running the ball. Even this game was a little bit of a struggle, um, so it wasn't perfect and. I know for a Stanford game, i I'd want it to be pretty reflective of us versus Sanford being like seventy to seven. I would love that. But the reality was we still beat them by thirty two points. And so here's here's the way I'm kind of trying to work this out. And and I think this was set the tone was set on Auburn's first drive. So think about that, we we were driving, got down to the one yard line, and it was first and goal at the one. We do two passes, both incomplete. And then we have an offensive line, false start. We get pushed back to the six. And we try another passing play. And that's when uh, Peyton throws an interception in the end zone. And you're just like, oh, gosh, what is happening here? So my thought with us, and and Jared, I'd love to get your, your thoughts. When this started, I was thinking this might be kind of our signal that we're not just using this. Uh, to just get through to the next week. We're trying to figure stuff out and I think on offense we started figuring some stuff out. Now the score doesn't 100% show that. We still did put up 45 points which is very respectable but we were trying extra stuff that we have not tried before. For example if if it was first and goal at the one we probably would have thrown in Robbie any of the two other games and we said nope Peyton stay in there And we want you to get a touchdown, either using your legs, passing the ball, handing it off. Doesn't matter. Just get us a touchdown. And I think that is going to go much further than us just throwing in Robbie and saying, hey, Robbie, you're athletic. Make something happen. Jared, does that make sense? Because, like, I'm trying to, like, think through why some of this didn't necessarily play out the way I thought it would in this game.
1: No, I, I think you're totally right. I mean, I saw somebody say this was, you know, it was telling people to kind of calm down, saying this was basically a live scrimmage. <laughs> like, mm. we were like, we, we are going to make some things work, and we're going to keep doing it until they do. And um, I think you're right. I think the UMass game gave a little false sense of security If we can just roll Robbie out. Well, let me say this. I I think there's two things going on here. I think we realized, you know, we just rolled Robbie out there in UMass, and it all worked, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and then we got the cow and it wasn't working with Robbie. I mean, they were stopping him as well. And so I think we probably realized, Hey, we can't just count on Robbie. Every time we get in the red zone, Peyton's going to need to be able to make touchdown throws. Um, I think that the overall game plan was we are going to throw the ball. We are going to get the receiver and quarterback on the same page. And honestly, it was frustrating for a quarter and a half, really. Um, but, you know, we talk about the 45 points, and I agree with you. We should have scored more against Stanford. But if you account, <clears throat> account for the fact we didn't score for, like, I don't know, was it 10 minutes into the second quarter?
0: Yeah, uh, it, it, uh, something but, like that. I'll, I'll go look back real quick.
1: That I mean, that's a decent amount of points, knowing the fact that we basically gave away a quarter without points, you know?
0: Yep. So, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I, I think all in all, I mean – like yeah if this is if we're playing A&M and we get to the 1 yard line on first down we're probably trying to run it right and, and you know you know the weird thing about that play two things about that okay number 1 when um we ran a very nice uh pass out in the flat to Cobb and mm-hmm. he got down to the one and when he came off Caddy was in his ear because he he should have scored like, you know, he's still, uh, yeah. le- he's still learning the game. Like he could have got in the end zone. So caddy was on him. The other thing about that possession, I did not realize this. I heard someone else say it. I went back and just watched it before we got on this podcast, that pass that thorn through, that was a pick, mm-hmm. It hit, it hit, um, our receiver in the hands.
0: Yeah. So I was sitting right next to somebody and they were yelling the exact same thing. They were like, that was a good pass. He should have caught that. And so, like, I'm I'm taking back – I initially thought that was on Peyton just for trying to force take. something in there. But he had something. It was and not – yeah. He, he. It's on the wide receiver.
1: It's still very dangerous. It is. But it was not Thorne's fault. He did – when I went back, when you watch it live, it does not look this way. When you go back and watch that, he hit him in the hands. It should have been a touchdown. Um, I think on that – was it that same possession where we hit um, – the receiver another one went through their hands on a quick little out in the end zone and and even uh Hugh Freeze said that should have been a catch. So there were a couple yeah. that you know the main bad decision that you just cannot do was the throw into triple coverage for Thorne.
0: Oh yeah, that was even though it's Sanford, I don't care. Like they're they're still good athletes back in their secondary. Like they're if they've got triple coverage on you, it's not a good luck.
1: Well, and the more painful thing is that we had, is it shorter? I don't, who's the guy we got from one of the uh, transfer receivers, big guy? I think it's shorter or something like Shorter's that. Shorter one of them, yeah. Okay, so he he was wide open on the drag route across the middle, like wide open. So it's right. painful that you throw into triple coverage. It's even more painful when you see how open we had a guy. Um, but all in all, man, I, the more I think about it after the game, I. I kind of like what we were doing.
0: Yeah. Well, and and some of those stats really start to kind of show it. Because, I mean, Peyton Thorne, by himself, accounted for 123 yards rushing, 283 yards passing with 75% completions. He was 24 for 32. And you're thinking, this and the three touchdowns. And that, by itself, is amazing. I love that. That's the kind of stuff that... We were hoping that he would bring because, you know, we were kind of looking at Peyton Thorne's stats in Michigan State, kind of stacking him up against Auburn quarterbacks of past, And, you know, even his bad year, the last year um, with Michigan State, it would have stacked up there, I think, in the top 10 of all-time quarterbacks at Auburn. And, again, kind of showing me, proving out, you know, Hugh Freeze knows what he was doing with getting him and now starting him. Um, and and we haven't even really talked about it. We didn't sub in and out Robbie that much in this game. And I think that was again, trying to like prove out and show to Peyton, Hey, you're our guy. We don't want that to be in question right now. And we want you to run the offense score points and then push through the tough because each game Peyton's kind of had his tough little things early in the game. You know, cow fumbling, this time, interception in the end zone, zero points on the scoreboard for Auburn to start out the game. And he's come back from that. And to me, that's good. That's showing to him when the harder games come, which, hey, we're about to start SEC play, he, he'll be ready for that. So that gives me a little bit more confidence there. It's only a kick, pressure.
1: a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the
0: fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Any thoughts on how we kind of handled Peyton and uh, the Robbie situation?
1: Yeah, I liked it. I mean... You got to roll with one quarterback. Whoever you thought was giving you the best chance to win, you got to get them in a rhythm. Yeah. and you know that's what we did. Um, and you know to be fair, Robbie came in in the second half and or that you know last, second to last drive and looked real crisp and real good. Yeah, um, he even
0: had a touchdown pass that was beautiful over the middle.
1: Yeah, the thing about Robbie though is, um, it's either like real good or real bad, and mm. so you know you're always old, like if if he would have actually had another possession to go down you're like okay are we going to get that again are we going to get you know um the the robbie that rolled out against cal and threw it right into the guy's hands and they dropped it
0: so <laughs> yeah
1: you don't ever know what you get with him i Thorn. here's the thing about peyton thorne and i don't know if it's going to continue but i even in his bad moments he throws a very nice deep ball like yes even our receivers that don't really have the guy beat they may have half a step on them it is right in their arms, and I rece- give our receivers credit. They're making the catches. I mean, he the only problem I'll say, really, the main thing I have with Thorne, and you tell me. Okay. I- like, I feel like he is deciding where he's going pre-snap. Now, if that's open at all, he throws a nice ball. Okay. If it's not open, I- I'm sensing a little panic in him. Um,
0: I- it could be. I mean, he's still trying to learn this offense. I mean, yeah. if I'm him, he's only like two months into this offense, more yeah. or less, maybe even a month if you really only count fall camp. Um, so if I'm him, you know, you're know, you still trying to build the trust of you know, the offense coordinator, Hugh, obviously, and the quarterback try to build that. And, and you're trying to simplify, especially in these kinds of games. You almost say, hey, here's your primary, here's your secondary, maybe a third, and that's probably about it. Um, you're not doing a whole lot with them. um, And that part I kind of get, you know, kind of the concern of after the primary, he's kind of just panicking a little bit. And in this game, I would argue like it kind of worked out because he was able to rush himself for 123 yards and a couple touchdowns. And I think some of those, you know, Sanford was covering up our wide receivers. So, you know, Peyton decided to take things into his own hands and run the ball. And guess what? He looked pretty darn good. He was way more capable at running the ball than I thought he would potentially be. And that's encouraging because you're going to need some versatility there, uh, especially if Auburn is struggling with the run. If you got a capable running quarterback, that helps your offense a whole lot because then, now they got to respect your quarterback as well.
1: Yeah, and I want to be real quick clear real quick I, I didn't mean to knock Robbie much I, I think basically like the talents there because when the read is open he throws mm-hmm. a nice ball yeah um, and you can't go <clears throat> you can't really coach that you either have it or you don't i think the thing that he needs to work on is the coachable part I think that um going through his reads a little better um understanding them a little better but honestly the receivers also may be running the wrong routes so you know and that'll make you panic do you trust them? right uh, yeah so I think that can build it and I think that's why we essentially we force fed the passing game this game and I think it was because of that because we know we cannot go into Texas A&M and very few SEC games and <clears throat> you know run the fir- you can't run on first and second down every time throw on third and win those games yeah you have to have a passing attack
0: yeah you really do uh, as much as we would love to think that we could just Line up under center and get that one yard every single time I mean there's some really good talent out there, especially in the s e c and it's not always going to be able to easily just push push guys around um I did want to talk through a few things and this was a stat that uh stat tiger on Twitter pulled out. He said fifty one percent of JerQuest Hunter, Damari Austin, Brian Batte, and Jeremiah Cobbs rushes and those are our four main running backs, have gone for three yards or less. So about half of them. And only a quarter have produced two runs for 15-plus yards. So essentially that stat's showing us we've had a couple explosive plays on the, in the run game, but for the most part, the teams we've played, which have been so far UMass Cal and Sanford, have been able to contain our run game so far. And so that was kind of interesting to start seeing what that might, you know, kind of produce. I, I hope we can figure something out going forward uh, because that to me, we need to figure out. Uh, and, and I thought coming into the season, I still have the gut feeling that our running game is good enough. And I think our offensive line can also be good <coughs> enough to help this running backs group you know, get to what we need it to be. Um, am I a little over-exaggerating with the whole, I might be a little scared that a run game isn't as good as we we thought it was preseason?
1: I don't know. Um, I, I just, <clears throat> I mean, those ne- those numbers don't lie. Um, I just think that, honestly, I don't even think we ran a legit playbook our first two games. Yeah, hey, um, felt like and, it. And the people just crowded the box. I mean, I, <clears throat> I feel like, You know, I think we thought we were going to just go into Cal even and just run the ball and and get out of there. That didn't work. Um, And so we didn't have – so it didn't open up the opportunities to possibly have bigger runs because they're literally just stacking the box. And Samford did that, and they didn't change their method throughout the whole game. And that's why we did have big pass plays, but that's why we didn't have big run plays. They kept loading that box.
0: They Um, did.
1: And, you know, it, it is Sanford, right? Our guys are a lot bigger, there's no doubt. However, and I'm not making excuses on this, but Sanford is a really good FCS team. Like, I mean, they went to the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, like, they they know fundamental football. And to be honest with you, that really is just filling a hole. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you know fundamental football and you tackle well, um, it is kind of hard to just get out there and run all over you.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, so yeah, it's it's a little scary. We haven't had Jarquez at full strength, and he got dinged up in that game. Um, I I'm gonna be honest with you. <clears throat> now Demari is probably the most reliable, but out of all of them, Cobb seems to have that extra burst. Um, yeah, super excited about him and getting him more touches if Jarquez can't go because he he seems to have a little extra extra burst there that um, you know makes him a threat.
0: Yeah, and I've noticed even Jeremiah Cobb, we've used him a little bit more in the pass game. Like this game, he had three uh, receptions and uh, averaged about six a pass, which in my mind, you know, the whole, uh, you know, Mike Leach kind of approach to running backs is hey, if it's a high completion percentage to running back who's out in open space, it's essentially kind of the extension of the run game. To me, those are easier passes to Jeremiah Cobb wide open and then jeremiah cobb just makes a play to me that's awesome especially if your running game is struggling having guys like jeremiah cobb damari Austin, and jarquez that can just get out and be able to be a threat besides just handing the ball off to them that's where i think you have to be a well-rounded team to stack up more and more uh wins on your schedule uh you can't just go in doing the exact same thing all the time. So again, this this whole game and my thesis with this game is we were trying a lot. When we were honestly putting a lot on Peyton's shoulders and for him to still be successful, minus a couple, you know, pretty dumb mistakes, even the one, you know, like we talked about in the end zone, probably not necessarily his fault. But it's it's the kind of the we're gonna try it. This is Samford. And we're still going to win against Sanford. It's just now we want to figure things out for a future state. So, again, it's way more forward-looking than it was just for this game itself, in my mind. Um, A couple other guys I wanted to uh, shout out. um, Jay Fair uh, was our leading receiver. uh, And, I mean, I don't know if I, I started picking this up even game one with him. I thought it was going to be like the Jay Fair show because Jay Fair seems to be everywhere, getting open. And sure enough, he uh, got seven receptions for ninety-three yards. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't score a touchdown. But there were plenty of times where he was he was making plays. Um, and then closely following was Rivaldo Fairweather, which I'm so happy. You know, we talked about it in the Cow Game, and in this game, we're getting uh, Fairweather kind of warmed up and ready to go because a big receiver or tight end that's mostly a receiver like Fairweather, that's going to pay off, especially in the SEC. Um, So really excited to kind of see those. Um, Any other players that kind of stand out to you from the offense that we want to get to before we jump over to defense?
1: No, I'm just going to have to agree with you. So many times you hear about names coming out of fall camp or spring or anything like that. You're like, oh, this guy's so great. He's so great. And then you never even see him make a play all season. Jay Fair and Rivaldo Fairweather, you kept hearing their names. And my goodness, they're coming through. And Fairweather, I mean, that guy has potential to be great. I mean, the way he, listen, Nobody, do not roll your eyes when I say this. He is not at this level. If you're listening right now. But the way he catches the ball reminds me of Tony Gonzalez, the great tight end that ended his career with the Falcons. Oh, Such great yeah. – he catches it away from the body in great hands, right? Like you can't defend that. <laughs> and But you got to have good hands to do that, and you got to have big hands. Um, but literally everything he catches is away from the body. You can't knock it away. And that is how Tony Gonzalez became a stud. Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge Fairweather fan. I like uh Jay Fair as well. Those guys were talked about as being great. They are coming through. Um and you saw Omari Kelly a little yeah, bit. Yeah, him
0: too. And and he was kind of a exciting one in the off season as well to both Jay Fair and Rivaldo Fairweather.
1: Yeah. I was I was pleased. I thought the receivers are catching the ball well. That's been a struggle in the past few years. So anyways, all in all, I, I yeah, I just very pleased with Happy price, price line.
0: Yeah, definitely was a bright spot in this game, um, especially with, you know, think back to Cal, where we, where it felt like every single pass, except for the final drive, I think, and our other scoring drive, I, I, I don't think we were doing anything well in the passing game. Uh, Peyton didn't look super confident in himself and his ability, and uh, I think that was something that they wanted to focus on and said, go focus on that. And sure enough, 75% completion rate, um, and almost 300 yards passing, which, you know, that, that doesn't happen all the time, uh, in Auburn. Let's switch over to defense. Um, the, the, there were only one time, uh, or was there, yeah, I mean, there was really only one really bad in my mind kind of miscommunication that happened, Um, on defense, and that was a miscommunication, something in the backfield looked like they just left a wide receiver wide open, Um, maybe a safety was supposed to roll over, I don't know something went wrong, and Sanford ended up scoring a touchdown Um, so, I mean, that's the way I guess it goes with Sanford I was really hoping for a shutout um, but we didn't end up getting that. Um, Jared, any kind of thoughts on, on where our defense is at? I mean, I don't know how much you could really truly learn from uh, this game against Sanford, but, hey, we kept them to only 13 points, and uh, I feel like that's at least something that we can hang our hats on.
1: We've really only had, like, three bad drives the entire season. It was the first drive for UMass. It was the first drive when Cal changed quarterbacks, and it was that uh, play you're, that drive you're talking about where we had a busted coverage. That's pretty good. Um, you know, if you didn't happen to watch this game, they got their – their other touchdown because we were on our like fourth string punt returner because of injuries and Jay Fair, oh, yeah. Jay Fair fumbled the ball at like the 10 yep. on a punt. So they, I mean, you know, that's, that's almost a gimme touchdown. Plus the game was out of hand. So, I mean, it you know, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I think the defense, you know, we didn't get as much pressure on them as I would like that may have been schematic, you know, I don't, that team's a, they kept calling it the air raid and that's usually more of a quick passing style. So maybe we were, you know, Falk had a uh, had a knockdown at the line of scrimmage. It may have been more of yep. a, hey, you know, keep your eyes up, try to block pass type thing versus getting to him. Because sometimes when you throw quick, you can't get to him. Um, oh, I there's
0: plenty of that. I mean, yeah. I felt like the whole time it was like one, two, pass. One, yeah. two, pass. It was like if you're passing that quickly, there's no defenses that will get in your face.
1: Yeah, and I don't even think we – I don't think we brought as you know, we've been – you know, bringing some exotic blitzes in the first two games, in my opinion, I don't even think we did that much this game. I think it was more like hey keep, you know, keep your position, yeah, play basic defense, and we'll get out of here. And I mean, our our defensive back. I mean, AJ, when's the last time we've like had an interception just straight up from our defensive backs ever? And I think we're getting like two a game now. I mean, it's it's pretty <laughs> exciting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> how many times has that happened? You're you got you're making a good point. I felt like under kind of tail end of Gus Melzon's era, it was like we're playing bend but don't break. Not necessarily, uh, we we did have a lot of pass deflections, but not a whole lot of interceptions. And it feels like this defense is going after the interceptions, and uh, it's paying off so far. Um, I mean, so Kevin the, Kevin
1: Steele. I mean, I I love, but I'll I'll, I'll share the stand. I love Kevin Steele's defenses, and they 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 saved yeah. Auburn for a while, but. I was watching the Alabama game, and they were talking about how their their turnovers are way down this year. And I just don't think it's Kevin Steele's style. It's just the way they they do it. It is more that Ben yeah. don't break and you know, th- you know they both work right, but uh, is it Ron Roberts? Is that our defense coordinator? Yes, it is. His style is totally different. He's like go for broke, man. He he's coming at you. He's he's gonna try to make you make mistakes.
0: Yeah. Uh, um. And, we and knew- he's gonna throw some exotic blitzes at you when you're not expecting them.
1: Yes, and we knew that about him, and we thought, okay, so we're probably gonna ha- get, we're probably gonna give up some points, but we're gonna get turnovers. Well, here's the thing we're doing right now: we're getting turnovers, and we're not giving up a lot of points, and mm-hmm. that has absolutely shocked me. Now we may get blown out of the water on Saturday and against A&M. As of right now. I, had, I I did not think our defense could carry this team, and I now think this defense could carry this team.
0: Yeah, and that's even with – I mean, right now, we have some pretty crazy high number of guys that are just having some injuries. Uh, like, I'll just go through a, a few uh, that I at least noticed. Cam Stutz, Nehemiah Pritchett, Donovan Kaufman, Keontae Scott, uh, Azavian Miller, Jalen McLeod, and even uh, – Dark West Hunter was kind of thrown in there. He was, you know, a little dinged up, and, and that was just from this game. Um, and so we're, in my mind, we got to get back healthy, um, and that's I'm thinking about defense right now. I mean, you can have good depth, but we got to have the best guys on the field, especially when it matters um, against really good teams. So, I think that's that's got to be a focus because uh, you you got to have as good of talent out there as possible. And uh, kind of where Auburn's at right now, I mean, we haven't necessarily recruited as as well as we've hoped to over the last, you know, three, four years up until we got Hugh Freeze. And Hugh Freeze has obviously revitalized that. But even then, you you only have essentially one class um, that Hugh Freeze has accounted for. And even that's only kind of partial because he just came in, what, January or February. So, um Let's talk a little bit more about special teams because um, that was another something left to be desired, uh, especially when it comes to the punt return because we had seen Keontae Scott, who's our normal punt returner, just cool, calm, collected, catch the punt, do his thing, maybe break it out. Uh, and we ended up going with uh, Javarius Johnson. Uh, he, fun- he, he fumbled it. Um and then, thankfully, he was able to jump on it. Um, and then we ended up throwing out another punt returner, Jay Fair. And he fumbles it. And then Sanford recovers it inside the tent of Auburn. And a few scores, a uh, few plays later, Sanford scores. And then we tried another, Jalen Simpson. He, Fair, caught it. And so we're just trying different stuff because, hey, this is a good time to try it, right? In a game uh, that we have in hand... And we want to figure out who else beside Keontae Scott can handle the pressure of just receiving a punt, even just a f- fair catch. Like, can they do it? And so I think that's going to be key, especially in the SEC with kind of injuries and how they happen. Uh, I did see one really fun uh, kickoff return from Brian Batte, uh to about the 45. So uh, again, I'm still waiting for him to break out, but, You know, he's uh, kind of pushing that a little bit. And uh, it's just a matter of time with this guy. Um, (laughs) I don't know about you. I was just thinking about this, and I was discussing with my brother-in-law who was at the game. Okay, so statistically, when kick returners either do a touchback, fair catch it, whatever, it gets pushed out to the 25. If numbers-wise... It seems like batte is kind of taking it out of the end zone a majority of the time if he has the option i'd I'd be curious to kind of go back and look at the exact numbers of is it paying off so far him taking those back or should we kind of be playing the long game and kind of set things up where he's gonna fair catch a handful and then break out and return some what's your your thoughts on that and what it because I'm just like i I want him to go, but if he can't get back even to the 25, just fair catch it. You know, there's no risk of injury, and it's just an automatic 25 yards. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards fair catching it. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, it's hard because they probably don't know exactly where they are. I would say if, like, if one foot in, one foot out, I mean, obviously you got to take off then, so let me rephrase that. If you're just inside the, the end zone, Maybe mm-hmm. take it. But if you're three to four steps deep, don't take it. Um, yeah. And he almost broke a couple. And I think he will. Like I think, he, But I think you're right. I think it's like, all right, listen, don't do it every time. You need to, if you catch one outside of the end zone, if you're just at the goal line, but if you're deep, just don't. Because it's risking injury. It's risking a holding call. Um, you know, just take the fair catch. That's why they made that rule. You now get it at the 25. You know, test just yeah. I don't think statistically it's helping us right now. Um, I think he's electric. I think he will bust one. Yeah. And one of the problems with you know he came from being a the guy South Florida and now he's third on the depth chart and running. He's probably like any chance I get with a ball in my hand I'm going. But that's on the coaches to keep that in check. Mhm. So I'm with you. I would say let's let's slow that down a little bit.
0: Okay. I was just trying to kind of gauge, am I wanting him to do it less? I mean, I know he's electric, but I almost want it to be like kind of, you know, he he just kind of takes a few from the back of the end zone, fair catches them early, and then all of a sudden he he takes it back and, you know, maybe they're not expecting it. Um, I don't know. I, I want that to be more of the kind of wow factor, not just because I want him to just fair catch it. Um, I wanted it to be a little bit more... Oh, cool. All right. He's going to do this. Here we go. Um, it may be shocking surprise the other team. All right. I think that kind of covers this game. I mean, overall, good win, 3-0. We're here. And uh, on to the next week against Texas A&M. And uh, lots of fun to be talking about there with the collie dogs over there and weird college football. And, College Station. (laughs) But we'll be talking about that in another podcast. Jared, before we get out of here, uh, how can the people stay in touch with you? You
1: can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis.
0: All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Jay, underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle.